Healing can happen when people share their stories. Welcome to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation. Discover true stories from those who were called to sit in the witness chair. Experience their journey through the legal process and beyond. This podcast brings to light the trauma and stress caused by testifying under oath and offers resources by talking with witnesses, key litigators, and mental wellness professionals to assist with different approaches one can utilize to prepare to take the stand and how to heal after the encounter. And now, here's your host, Juliet Huck. Welcome everybody to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation coming to you from a beautiful evening in Los Angeles, California. And before I get started with my guest, I, I wanted to, this is going to be actually dropping the day after Thanksgiving, and I've been giving some thought to Thanksgiving, which I'm very excited about my guest who's here today. But before we start talking, I just wondered if how much we really stopped to think about the true origins of Thanksgiving. And I know a lot of us grew up, you know, it's the pilgrims and and the indigenous Americans, and you know, they come together. But as I was reading a little bit up on it over the week, one of the things I found so interesting was that you know, it began with a few of the colonists actually going out in what they called fowling, which was more than turkeys, it was geese and duck and things like that. And in one day, they had hunted so much that they had all this extra food, and it was going to serve their entire company of you know, colonists for quite some time. So they weren't quite sure, no refrigeration, how they were going to handle everything. But next, there was about 90 or so of the Wamapega people that came to the village. And of course, obviously, there was a lot of anxiety, tension. There's, oh my gosh, two cultures, what's going to happen when they come together? And they basically, you know, it wasn't just that they brought things to each other, but the bottom line, really, to me, that came along with them sharing food, allowing each other's cultures to come together is really the holidays about the fact that it symbolizes like intercultural peace. We can think differently, but we can think alike. We can think and keep our cultures, yet share something together. And so, you know, this was really America's opportunity for the newcomers, you know, and the sanctity of home and food and celebration. And so I, I just I thought we just just stopped to think about that for a second and all the differences we have in this country, and because of different cultures and because of this is what we've been built on from day one. And so um, it's coming out on Friday. I just want to ask everybody to kind of stop and think about our neighbors and and really send gratitude for each other, learning from our cultures. We wouldn't have the different types of food that we've got. I mean, I I I, I I'm so grateful for certain things that are so little we don't think about. So. It's just something I want to bring to, to light today, but I am really thrilled to have my guest, who's one of my very soulful friends. Every time we get together, we just have the most amazing conversation. And we've known each other for quite some time. Um, my guest today is Randy McGee. Randy is not only a friend of mine, she's a vibrational shaman. She's a breathwork healer and the author of the book, Beverly Hills Concentration Camp which has a really good media following from places like the Huffington Post, CBS LA, just to name a few. I've seen a lot of other interviews and things you've done. So uh, 
Welcome, Randy. Thank you. It's great to see you. Great to be here. Yes. And great to see you too. And I, I know that we're going to talk about quite a few more things that I know that you're doing and catching up on things. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. get into that here in a minute. But, you know, Randy and I go quite a few years back, if actually maybe a few lifetimes back, which I like to say, I think we've known each other well enough, probably some some other spectrum in the uh, thing called life. Mm-hmm. We met at a breathwork retreat years ago in New Mexico and really hit it off right away, which, you know, I, I've always had a lot of gratitude for that with you, Randy. So I'm just really, I've been super privileged to to watch your journey and to really to see you grow as a healer. And I'm just grateful that we've, you know, you've kept me in your life and, and we keep connecting. So um, I would like for you to tell me, like, when was the very first moment that you kind of had the awakening of to become a healer? Mm. Well, I would say it was when I was healing other people in the process of healing myself. So um, when I was in a lot of pain back in the day and I was trying to heal myself, I would work on other people. And then I saw, wow, I have a gift. They're, they're feeling better. <laughs> they're, um, they're reacting to what I'm doing. And really, it's not me. I know that it's something that comes through me. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, I'm a good vessel for it. Oh, that's a great way to put it, a vesseling. Yeah, vesseling. Yeah. And when you when you say uh, working with people and healing people through the breath work or through what, what type of work? Well, definitely breath work. I've been doing that for, I guess, what is it, 15, 20 years now? Um, I've been yeah, doing it's that. Been, both of us, have been, it's been about 15 <laughs> years we've known each other. Yeah, so it's always in that mode, in that modality, but also... Um, I'm an alchemy mentor, so I guide people into different energy states, which helps them um, heal and live in, in a different energy. So they're not in the energy of pain anymore. They're not in the energy of suffering or in the lower energies, or you could call that lower chakras. You know, they're more experiencing life from a higher plane, and they feel good. And I also do um, shamanic healing. I heal with my hands. So the, the same thing that sort of comes through me when I, I do breathwork healing comes through my hands. I just basically can remove dark energy or negative thought forms or negativity from people, and they feel much better. I, I think, you know, um, I went to go study that, but as I started to study with someone, I realized I probably have always been doing this through multiple lifetimes, multiple dimensions, because it just becomes very natural as though, you know, something's coming through me and it just happens. So who's the, who's the average type of person that comes to you? Ooh, they're all types. Um, I have a lot of right now, um, I'm working with families. So I be, maybe I'm working with the parents, but then they'll bring their children in. And they'll bring, you know, mm-hmm. the, their mother in or whatever. And it's, it's very, um, it feels really good to be able to work with everybody in a family. Wow. We're going to talk about lineage here in just a minute. I don't really have a typical um, client, but my favorite client is the, the one that wants to move forward. The one that's ready. The one that's ready to go, like ready to change their life. I love that. And what does, what does that look like from someone? 
somebody that's stuck and is like, well, okay, why am I here and why can't I move forward? Um, what's holding me back? I don't really know. I don't know why I never can get this done. I don't know why my business isn't succeeding. I don't know why. Um, and then we figure it out. Then I guide them out of it or I guide them to a different energy state or I guide them to choose differently. So consciousness. Yes, for sure. Definitely. To be more aware. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, people linking uh, very traumatizing energies to good things. So like, for example, if they're connecting um, success with failure, so which is something that happened to me, um, so I can talk about it. it uh, you know, when, you're, when I had a success, I would feel like I was sinking into quicksand. And I couldn't figure out why is that? Why, why don't other people feel that? And it's because of, you know, growing up and different things happening and, and those two emotions link together. So we start to add things on there. So maybe masculine energy is stuck on there or other good things and bad things. But, and what we really want to do is separate them all so we can just experience each one separately. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I know that the uh, pranayama yoga breath work that I know it's changed my life. There's no question mm -hmm. about it. Um, it's, you know, it's changed my life in a way that's helped me with my anxiety, depression, the effects of childhood trauma. How's the breath work helped you personally? Well, it helped me really feel into the dark places that I could not remember. Um, and it was scary at first until I realized, well, this is great mm -hmm. because I'm remembering all these things from childhood yeah. I couldn't remember. And right. it was really frustrating when, you know, you can't remember any dates or anything that happened. And my husband's sitting here telling me all about his childhood. And I'm thinking, why can't I remember anything? So the breath work, mm -hmm. um, it was like a dream where I would be, be doing breath work and then dreaming, um, or this, this vision mm -hmm. would come forward of, something that happened. I walked down the hallway. I saw this, I did that. And I wrote it all out. So it just, it became a story, the story of my life that I, I finally am remembering. And it's just beautiful now when I think about it, how it all just played out, how all the pieces fit together. And of course you being in it also, it's just all beautiful. And, um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Um, and and it was really rough um, to go back to the to those places and remember things, but now I know that I'm here because and I had to go through that so I could help other people with it. And um, yeah, that's 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 the part that it's. I mean, in in our conversations, what is so nice is we understand that we're we're doing the work. You know, you you have to you have to go back and pull off the band aid. It's you know that's the way it happens to me. It, so, I mean, talking from a, you know, going to talk about the section of trauma. So, you know, trauma is such a unique thumbprint for people that, you know, most people don't even realize they've experienced trauma. But I know you're the child of a Holocaust survivor. And um, two of them. I know this is what your book is based on. Mm -hmm. Two of them, right? That's right. And, you know, how, how did that... Talk to me a little bit about that upbringing and, you know, we'll get to your book as that, you know, your book has been the release of that, but talk to me about how you really worked through that. It's, it's a unique thing that the children of Holocaust survivors have. Um, you know, it's, it's 
complete guilt forever. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I don't feel guilt right now, but my, the whole childhood was guilt because you hear this silence, you know, it, it has to be horrible if there's so much silence because nobody wants you to hear about mm -hmm. it. Um, right. And I actually am really humbled because I, I've been talking to a group of children of Holocaust survivors and I thought my story has got to be the worst. My story's the most important, the worst. That's why I wrote a book about it, you know, but now I'm like, okay, we've all got a story. <laughs> we've all have, we all have something to say. Right. Um, mm -hmm. How did it affect me? Um, so every time something bad happened, I would, I would hold it in my body in a different place. So now I, I, I see it as I experience the energy of a negative emotion or of a trauma that I had from my family in my body. And a lot of those same traumas came from my mother and the war. So I felt like mm -hmm. my life was an echo of the Holocaust. And my house, I talk about a lot, is um, it was a beautiful Spanish house and uh, inside had the echoes of the Holocaust in it because it was sort of, it had that, that depressive mood. Um, I had... Um, mm -hmm brothers who were very abusive and one of them would yell out in German and um, mm. he kind of lost it at some point and he would scream like a soldier and I, it scared the hell out of me and I was a little girl. And of course, this isn't anything near what, what my mother went through, but I felt it every day. And so uh, each little trauma that happened um, inside my house, there was a lot of violence in there. Um, I would put it in my body. I would experience it in my body and I would hide it. So, and then I would look really pretty. I'd go to school and um, I'd get good grades and I'd go to, I'd have a job after work and then I would go to the gym and I do, would do all those things to keep myself too busy to feel, too busy to feel um, mm. how horrible it was. And it's hard to imagine that it would that. be that horrible in a nice house in Beverly Hills, but it, trust me, it can be. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, you know, do you, don't you think like trauma hides, like trauma wants to hide, like it's got its own little energy that wants to like hide in a way until it either builds up or it just, it just comes out. Like there's, to me, it's always been fascinating to me. It's like how long I could hold it down, hold it down, hold it in, hold it down till one day something just, you know, I went sideways in a trial and it was because it just brought up everything. So it just like, you know, like a volcano exploded. But isn't, do you feel that trauma likes to hide until you really go in and get it? Yes. And I like to describe it as a Mondrian painting with all the little, little pieces, because you've got all these little mm -hmm. pieces of different cut up parts stuck in the body. And for me, um, what happened to me is that I cracked. I just um, moved my head one day and everything hurt after that. I couldn't move my whole body. Um, and I, I thought that I was going to be an invalid. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, people wanted mm -hmm. to operate on me and they said I wouldn't be able to move my left arm again if I didn't have an operation within um, a week. So it was scary. And I knew I, my higher power was just like, no, no, you can, you're going to get over this yourself. You're going to figure this out. And that's what I chose to do. Uh, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> but 
it wasn't easy. It was really a lot of pain. And um, the pain is what interrupts your life to tell you, hey, stop. Mm -hmm. You need to look at this now or else. So. Yeah, and sometimes that else is addiction or suicide. It's, you know, it can be so many different forms. That's why I say trauma comes in so many different forms. It hides in so many different places. And you really need to like just, you know, open that door. But, you know, when you're talking about, you know, your family, your parents, you know, the lineage of trauma is something also that that fascinates me in the sense of not, not you know, I, I want to break the chain for those around me. I don't want to continue the the trauma because one, like you said, the Mondrian painting, you know, your parents or grandparents might have had trauma and then your parents have trauma and then you have trauma and, and you have all the little traumas inside. So, you know, and, and I don't, want it to sound, you know, so hard and depressing because to me it's been the most, you know, freeing thing to to actually identify it. So I mean, when you say when you see lineage, how how do you work with people in the lineage of trauma? We we talk about it. We see what are the what are the the patterns? What are the patterns that you're carrying that your father carried or was it your mother and did it go back? Like was, was there alcoholism going back and back and back behind you? Was, was it, um, was it abuse? Was it, um, a war, you know, so many wars mm. <laughs> and, and we're all, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. connected to, to different wars. And, um, and so what happens is I think that those negative energies, um, or concepts that are in the lineage get muted with, or stuck in, or, or linked to joy or fun, so you know, or guilt, and um, so whenever you feel joy, you feel guilt. Whenever you know, and um, mm -hmm. basically, we we sort of uh, unpack that. We um, just see where the energies are and how can we move them. How can we um, experience life in a different way? And actually, it can be That's easy. Great. It doesn't really have to be that difficult. The only difficult part is that you have to feel. You know, and lo people love bypassing feeling anything, right? right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You, you know, how many people will talk about being a victim but be laughing at the same time? I've seen it, and it's just crazy. It's like, why That's are you me. laughing? <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I, I, I really have to watch myself because I I, I understand the whole, you know, the two masks. That's why the logo, you know, for the podcast has got the, you know, the happy and the sad, the theater masks, because... I, you know, I, I'm going to out my brother here for a second, but my brother and I have this really bad trait that when something really bad happens, we start laughing. And I've asked my therapist about that before. And she's, that's your way of coping. It's a coping skill for you that you think is actually um, the only way you can handle it because otherwise you're just going to lose it. And I was like, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it. Cause it's, it's, I really have to watch that. It's, it's a weird thing that happens. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I, I'm even working on with this podcast. When somebody says something really intense, I tend to want to start laughing, which is an energy. It's, it's almost like a protection, a weird protection. Do we run into that? It's a bypass. It's because you don't want to feel it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I run into it all the time. There are people that cry. They just keep crying. And <laughs> um same thing. They, you know, but once I point out that they have to feel instead, let, write down when you're crying, when you're laughing, when you're disconnecting, and then um, they start to feel it's like a whole new reality, feeling things. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, yeah. Well, and, and who wants to who wants to choose to feel really bad? Like that that that's like, you know, I I've heard the term before. It's can't, why can't you just let it go? Why can't you just move on? You know, and and it comes to this point of like it that doesn't doesn't trauma doesn't want to work like that. I want it to work like that. I want to move on. You know, I don't want to sit right. in it. The only way out of the cycle, I believe, is to feel. It's the only it's the only way right. to get out of it is to go into it. And um, mm-hmm. I think my, you know, when I think about it, my fear, the whole time I was doing breath work and all that um, for years, I think I was so afraid to go really into that deep spot. And um, mm-hmm. that, and the fear is what held me back. And then once I did it, I think it lasted two seconds and it was over. So it was like years of being afraid right. of nothing. <laughs> and then right. you feel right. it. And it's like, okay, I felt it. And now it's gone. Or it's different. It's shifted, and um, yeah, I think you have to be courageous to heal. But it's it, you don't have to be courageous as courageous as you think, maybe, because it's not going to be that bad. Well, especially putting yourself around the right people. That's you know, I've my my community, my healing community, and who I've met over the years. You know, with uh, with our group, and and you know, I put myself in the position where. I'm around people that also want to heal. And that has a lot to do with it. Because if you're in an, an environment where nobody wants to heal, like how was that in your house? Did anybody want to heal that situation? No. It's a, it was a misery right. loves company situation. Right. Um, that I prayed, I prayed a lot to get out of it. It was, it was one of those things where, okay, God, why did you stick me here? <laughs> um, why did you stick me in this right. situation, in this family? Right. In this really nice neighborhood too, like why, like all these weird parts, but. Yeah. So, so transferring this over now to, to trauma, trial and transformation with the story, it's, you know, trial, as you've heard me talk about probably at nauseum is not the most positive environment. It's uh, there's a lot of trauma around it. There's a lot of trauma that happens during it. There's a lot of trauma brought into it. You know, it can be a pretty contentious, obviously contentious and, and negative environment. So how would you work with someone that had to go through that through that process? The process of having a negative environment? Well, just having to go to trial or just having to be in a deposition or testify against, you know, maybe a, a spousal abuse or somebody, you know, that's just in a very traumatic scenario. How would you work with someone? That's a really good question. Um, hmm. I think I would want them to see the people that they're, I guess they're going up against people, um, to see those people in a different mm-hmm. light and in a different energy. Not that they're right or wrong necessarily, but just to see them maybe in a different place. Maybe they're holding them in a place that is sort of like a prison, you know, if, if they're talking about um, an ex-husband. You know, sometimes there's an ex mm-hmm. that that you just can't let go of because you're holding them deep inside, and um, you just fight with them all the time. What's another way we could go with this? Like maybe, um, maybe you could think about it first. Maybe you could do something for that person. Maybe, you know, then it can be worked out. So maybe going right. just going a little different direction, changing the pattern a bit. Oh, okay. That, that's good. Because that, that's kind of the way I work with my clients sometimes too, is like, you know, look at some mindful exercises and what's the, you know, there's purpose in the, sitting in this room right now. I mean, I, 
of all people sitting in the middle of a courtroom, I would never picked me. <laughs> so they obviously had purpose for me to be in this in this environment. And now I'm starting to see the purpose of it. So can t- mm-hmm. try to open their eyes to there's purpose in this pain, there's purpose in this process, and there's purpose in the healing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible what, uh, what you do. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it's a lot of energy. You talk about energy. I, I see it all the time. I've noticed it. I've been very, very aware of it since I've worked on my own healing as to the different energies in a room. And I see it all the time. Lineage, trauma that's in denial. But how, which brings up a question for me to you. How do you or have you ever run into somebody that's just denies that they have any trauma in their life when you can see it clearly. Like how, how do you handle, I don't want, one of the things that's really hard for me is when I see it and yet it's not my place to really say anything or do anything unless they ask, but when you see it and they deny it, how do you handle it? Um, well, I, I think if they're denying it, they're probably not coming to me, but if I see it, um, I just notice it, just observe them, just accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because if a person doesn't want to change, they're not going to, if they don't notice right. that there's anything wrong. And sometimes they won't right. notice until something hurts. Right. You know? Or see themselves in somebody else, maybe. Because um, a lot of times it is, it's, you know, my job is to hold space. My, my job isn't always, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm, you know, but I'm called in a lot of times for witnesses to you know, get them through the process. And I do look at it from an energetic perspective. And so that's why this work and having people like you in my life to be able to have that conversation and see through that, it's um, a way to help. I, th- I also think um, sometimes, you know, people are comfortable, you know, where they get comfortable where they are and they don't want to change. Even if you point mm-hmm. it out, um, they don't want to change. Com- comfort is, you know, they just want to stay where they are and maybe they deserve it because they've worked their tushes off to get to a certain place in life and it's been really hard and now they're comfortable. Yeah, they could go to a really mm-hmm. high state. They could probably experience major spiritual abundance and like all this stuff. But um, nah, I'd rather just, I made it. I got my house. I have this. I have my car. I have a wife and a kid and I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to stay right where I am. And this is great. And for them, it's great. Mm-hmm. But for others, it isn't. For others who are seekers, they're going to want to really look out and do more. And usually it's to do more for other people, like healers. Yeah. You know, why, why are right. people wanting to help everybody else? They, they want to. There, there's a, yeah. re, a deep, it's what we're supposed to do. Some of us are, that's what we're meant to do. So, right. It's answering the call. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So the transformation side of this podcast, talk to me about, you know, your work, like your techniques around like the chakras and energy and, and that kind of thing. Cause that, that's always such a fascinating thing for me. I, I'm not as good at that as you are. And I'm, I'm always fascinated on how you do that kind of work. Well, I think, you know, when I do breath work, I'm very focused on chakras. Um, and I, when I'm doing breath work with people and using the oils, it's, um, Definitely each chakra is an energy center that's related to something like, like your throat is, you know, um, 
is expression and then your heart is love and uh, you know, on and on. I don't know if you want me to go through all of them, but all the energy. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind you just pointing them out for my audience, because I think this is something probably a little, you know, newer for them. That'd be great. Okay. So, so the throat would be expression. Let's start actually at the top of the head where, you know, that's the crown chakra. That's your spiritual Mm -hmm. energy. And it's connected Mm -hmm. to a uh, purple disc. And then your third Mm -hmm. eye is um, connected to a dark, dark blue disc and that's um, about your intuition, third eye, um, you know, almost seeing in the dark. Uh, then your throat is um, your expression. Mm-hmm. And heart is love. Uh, solar plexus is courage. Then go back to, down to the stomach. Your second chakra would be um, the sexual energy exchange um, creativity. And if you go mm-hmm. down to your feet, you've got the earth, you know, right? Well, your soles, your arch of your feet are, that connects you to the earth and, and the part that grounds mm-hmm. you. Um, so it's nice to, you know, have a good relationship with all of them and have them all open and in balance. Um, mm-hmm. For example, if your heart is not balanced, it might be stuck in the front where you don't want to give love. You're just, you know, ah, I'm scared and you don't want to give love. And if the back of your heart is um, a little bit stuck, the shoulder blades, then maybe it's that you don't let yourself receive. So mm-hmm. um, that's just for example. Um, mm-hmm. But all of those places can be, the, you know, open or closed. And, you know, you want your feet especially to be open. You want to be barefoot on the grass and feel the nature coming up your, your legs. And mm-hmm. um, so anyway, the breath work really helps with, open all those things or, or let you notice at least what's blocked. And then the oils help um, get you more in touch with that. And that is where I, I believe that's where a lot of the um, energy that you're uh, experiencing, maybe the opposite of your best direction is experienced inside usually. Whereas maybe you want, you want to feel it and experience it in a much broader way. Yeah. So um yeah, I know I've, I've gotten caught up quite a few times in my throat and I've always known that's expression. I can't get it out. Like, you know, this, I've seen where people have asthma, that's, you know, a lot of grief and trauma and things like, you know, your chest and things that come up through your throat. I, I start to, you know, I can hear it sometimes in my own throat. It's like, okay, I'm really uncomfortable here because I can't get this out of my mouth. You know, so mm-hmm. I've, I've seen that multiple times in other people as well. Yeah, and sometimes the throat is connected to the the second chakra, which is the sexual energy and creativity, because people get so afraid on that, on that route going up, going up and expressing their own creativity, they get scared. So, um, mm-hmm. the more open that part is and the more free that is, the better Then you can express more. So when, when people say this, like, this is woo woo, which is something that drives me crazy. How, how do you, how do you explain that to people that this is not, this is, this is real. This is real. It is powerful. It is, it's joyful. It's how, how do you explain that to people? I don't, I, I just, I lead by example. Like if you come into my class, awesome. <laughs> it's like a portal. It's like ancestors come in and, um, beautiful things happen. And, um, the lights will flicker, you know, the different things happen and nobody's afraid then. It's just like we're all together and we're experiencing something it's, that's interdimensional and we're all feeling better 
we're all healing from it. And, um, I don't think that um, I can explain it. I, I feel like people have to experience. Like, you know, I think it's an Abraham Hicks thing. You know, experience teaches. Words don't mm-hmm. teach, experience teaches. I think that's the only yeah. way. That's great. And, that's and, really great. Yeah, and when I work with people, um, I'm really trying to get uh, a difference, uh, an energetic differential. I'm trying to get them to experience a different energy without telling them what I'm doing, without you know, explaining it so that they Mm -hmm. can actually feel it and go, aha, like I got it now and I understand. So. Right. Yeah. That's it. It's that empowerment. I mean, that's, I mean, I look at jurors the same way. It's like you want to empower the jury, not just sit there and tell the jury this, 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 you want to empower them to look at things and empower people to, to look at their own, like, you know, so, so if you had a, a person that's gone through the legal system and not only went through trauma in their lives and had to relive that trauma, what kind of advice would you give to them to try and heal? I'm trying to think. I I did go to the legal system way back, um, personally. Um, Well, how did you heal? You know, I think that was just all part of the same thing. Um, But I I guess the way I've been doing it, you know, breath work and... um, and network spinal analysis and a lot of other um, alternative modalities. And I also noticed that when I work with people, helping other people actually gives me something. Um, and I can't talk, I, I can't say it's like tangibly, I can't say what it is exactly, but it's, it's very energizing for me. Um, That's great. And I forgot the question that I was originally answering here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's just what you would, what, what, if someone had gone through trauma in their lives and they had to relive the trauma, you know, how would you, what advice would you give them to just step on the, you know, yellow brick road to start healing? I mean, what? Oh, I I would say just um, have faith, have faith that if you feel like you're doing the right thing and expressing this trauma again and going through it again, have faith that um, it'll heal you that you need to do this. That's why you're doing it. You need to go through it again. And it's not going to last very long. You'll be surprised that how quick it's going to go. And then we can party afterwards. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so the yeah. last question, <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> oh, because yeah, that's, that's been, honestly, it's been so freeing. I mean, there is, there's, there's definitely a party inside there. So the question I always like to ask everyone, especially from the transformation side is, do you think healing is a choice? Yes. I think we have to choose. And I think we have to choose everything we want in our life. And, and, and we have the power to get whatever we want if we choose. If you don't choose and you stay in the same place, you're staying in the same place. You choose to heal, you will. Awesome. That's an awesome answer. That's a great answer. So, mm-hmm. so where can people find you? Um, well... Uh, www.randymcgeed.com is my website. Um, and it's M-A-G-G-I-D, R-A-N-D-I, M-A-G-G-I-D.com. So you can write me there. Um, just reach out to me with whatever you need. And, um, I, I, I don't have all my modalities up yet because the, um, soon the alchemy will be up, up there and alchemy. I'm an alchemy mentor now. So it, 
it's basically the conscious use of energy and information to create extraordinary. So it's basically how you use your energy, guiding people to the best use of their energy to get what they want and to get out of pain. That's awesome. And, and it works rather quickly. I can't wait to talk to you about that. That's a new yeah. one for us. Like That's going to yeah. be great. So, And your classes are? Um, right now, my classes are online and at Alomi, A-L-L-O-M-I, in Redondo Beach. Um, so I have classes. I, I've been doing them in series of four, and um, they're, they're ongoing. And I started doing a teen and family class, um, and, and it really came about because Mothers were um, coming. They come to my class and they're like, oh, I wish my daughter would come. I wish my son would come. So I'm like, well, why not? And it turns out that they've overbooked their kids or their kids, <laughs> meaning they're so busy, there's no way they could have any time, which is why they have anxiety. So, because that's why they want them to yeah. come. My kid has anxiety. This would be so good for them, but they're overscheduled. And um, mm. so I'm like, okay. And so when I tried to find a time, that everyone could come, nobody could come to, none of the teens could come. Mm -hmm. So I just put it, we just put it out there. We just said, okay, we're doing it on Friday night, whoever shows up and people showed up. Um, and some people, um, you know, some kids are a little bit afraid yet, but um, I think it's really good. I mean, some of the kids said that the, they did breath work and they said, one girl said, um, wow, that seemed like 10 minutes. Remember what that's like, you know, when it's only like 10, when it yeah. seems like 10 minutes, uh, but you've been lying there for two yeah. hours. So, um, yeah, yeah, totally. Very powerful stuff. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I'm hoping that, you know, our listeners will, you know, they've gone through this process to really consider meditation, breath work, working with a shaman, working with, you know, someone, you know, like just to get, get to stop the trauma, stop the lineage. Don't take it to your kids. Don't, don't keep it going. And so, um, well, Randy, I really want to thank you. This has really been just an awesome, awesome conversation. I thank you so much for, for coming tonight and chatting with me. This is going to be our Thanksgiving, uh, episode. So thank you oh, so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah, great it's to do this with you. Really great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I, I'm, I'm excited that our worlds have gone apart and come together and come, you know, and now here we are. Look, we're yeah. talking about all the you know, healing, healing work we've been this working on. This is a launching for, pad. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> All right, everyone. So um, I hope you're having a really great Thanksgiving weekend. And I want to thank you for listening with us today. And I just hope that you go out there and spread some love and find some happiness in your day. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation. If you want to share your experience as a witness, please forward your information to info at juliethuck.com. For more information on Juliet's 30-year career in the courtroom, visit us at juliethuck.com. There you can find your books, The Equation of Persuasion, and 50 Ways to Get Your Way, available on Amazon. Remember to follow and subscribe to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation wherever you listen to podcasts. 
The content, opinions, and information shared by the hosts and guests on this podcast are not to be considered professional legal advice or therapeutic counseling. If you need assistance, consult with a licensed attorney or therapist if you are appearing as a witness, experiencing emotional trauma, or are involved in any sensitive legal matters. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Thank you.